0: Well, hello, and welcome to The Wednesday Word. It's so great to have you here. Wednesday Word is sort of a deeper dive into Pastor David's sermon. Uh, He writes a devotional, and so the format uh, is going to be reading his devotional and having a little stop to chat along the way. This is, in fact, our 13th episode of The Wednesday Word, and I'm very excited to have First-time guest with us today, we have Pastor Lee Weber and also his wife Carol Weber, and of course sound technician Chris Devereaux. So, Pastor Lee, first of all, I heard that is your lucky number. So glad that you could be here for this episode. But tell us a little bit about yourself and your history here at Desert Spring.
1: Well, thank you very much. I have uh, been a part of this church. Uh, we have uh, actually uh, for around three years, and we found that accidentally I was uh, doing a funeral service and needed some um, materials and contacted the church, and I never knew it was here, and wow, wow I said, whoa, terrific, let's go here, ah, and here we are.
0: Wonderful, wonderful, and so Pastor Lee is actually on staff here now at Desert Spring, and uh, started just... Uh, Just a couple months ago, really. September. Yeah, yeah. So it's wonderful to have you a part of our staff family as well. He's come out of retirement for the how many times? This is the fourth time. You'll get it right eventually. Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And Carol, tell us about a little bit about you. Um, Born and raised in Pennsylvania. Uh, Moved out of Pennsylvania in 1958, my parents and I, and my three brothers, and moved to California. So most of my life has been spent in California and in the desert for the mm, about 25 years as a teacher there in the desert in California, and uh, moved back to Pennsylvania and met Lee Weber. Uh-huh. <laughs> fabulous. And here we've been together for 15 years, married, so... That's God finally took over and said, I'm going to show you the way. Oh, I love it.
0: And, and I know, Carol, you, you help out with the cookie ministry. Yes. We, had, we brought cookies and coffee back for the month of October. And um, I think it's November. I think we're going to keep going. But Good. I know I got to spend some time with you, and, and you talked about being a worker bee. And so oh, yes. I see that, and we appreciate that. And I just got back from Pennsylvania. I was there for a week, and it was beautiful and lovely. And our sound technician, Chris Devereaux.
3: Yes, hello. How is everybody today?
0: Great. All right, so we are going to dig in. If you didn't get a chance to watch or listen to Pastor David's sermon, you can find that, of course, uh, on the website, on Facebook. Um, But that's also not necessary. He's written a follow-up devotional that we will read, and like I said, we'll stop along the way with some questions. Also, I am Julie Hart, Director of Connectional Ministries here at the church. You can go to desertspringchurch.com to find the sermon, and also on our Facebook page, Desert Spring Church. You can find us there as well. Okay, and everywhere where you listen to um, podcasts is where you'll find this. So, All right, we start with Matthew 18, verses 21 through 22. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who's sinned against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven, but 77 times. Pastor David says, last Sunday, my sermon focused upon forgiveness. Jesus taught about forgiveness often. What can be missed about the teachings is just how revolutionary it was at the time. At the time of Jesus, the common belief of the day was that people judge, God decides who to forgive. Jesus turned the understanding of the day upside down by saying, God judges and people forgive. Judge not, Jesus taught, lest you be judged. Forgive, Jesus taught, as you have been forgiven. And so now, some 2,000 years later, it is commonly believed that judgment is not good and learning to forgive is important. Few people know these beliefs originated with Jesus. Of course, believing this and being able to live this way are not the same thing. Judge not, Jesus said. What does that mean? We make judgments about people all the time. Sometimes our own safety is at stake. And sometimes people do things that require some kind of judgment on our part. So, Pastor Lee, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to throw this first question to you. I believe that you've probably preached on this a lot. And the question uh, that Pastor David asks is, when you hear the words, judge not, what do they mean to you? Hmm.
1: We generally don't believe that uh, we are judgers of other people, even though we all are. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do it very subtly and we do it very poignantly mm-hmm. sometimes by yelling at others yeah. and so on. Um, Judge not is really a challenge uh, to any person um, to be that neutral, that caring, that loving, that you don't judge. Mm -hmm. Uh, That you look at another person or another situation as an opportunity to walk in that person's shoes rather than Mm -hmm. um, being in judgment uh, of them. So, when we say judge not, um, we are challenging ourselves or being challenged to understand that all of us are human beings, to understand that all of us make mistakes and errors and Mm -hmm. make uh, mistakes, um, do things wrong. I mean, the list is, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. very long. Yeah. Um, And uh, Jesus told the story about uh, judgment in the Sermon on the Mount when he, he said, uh, what are you trying to pick the spect- mm. uh, specter of wrong out of your neighbor's eye when you got a uh-huh. log of it sticking out of your own? Truth. Um, so it, it's a challenge, uh, a very significant challenge but a challenge that would make a world of difference in our own lives and in the lives of the world around
0: us. Mm -hmm. That's very true. That's very true. And what about you, Carol? What do you think about this?
2: It is difficult for me not to make a judgment on Mm -hmm. somebody and it's primarily what they're wearing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why would they wear that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, how their hair, I mean, I feel like What am I doing? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm making those thoughts, not maybe verbalizing, but thinking that. And then I have to think back and okay, if I were that person, Mm -hmm. how would I look at someone else and try to think from their perspective why they may have worn what they did, did what they did? Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but that is a difficult (laughs) commitment on my part to stop and think that way as opposed to just blurting out what I think is wrong. Yeah. With that person.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. I just, you know, there's little judgments. Like I just traveled again from Pennsylvania back and, and um, you know, every flight was full. So you're even judging who you're going to sit next to. You're like, Oh no, that's going to be, Oh no, that's <laughs> not good. So like you are making those quick judgments just, just by looking at someone. Um, but I, I also think, you know, a neighbor, or a girl that was a neighbor of mine, she was like 20 and she had lupus and she was per, she did not look sick at all, but she was. And one of the big things is she could not be in the sun. If she were in the sun, you know, to walk from the parking lot inside, she, you know, that was going to do her in for the day. Um, and so she had a handicap sticker, but she never used it. And she never used it because people judged her like, oh, you know, you sh- you look fine. You shouldn't be walking in. And so I think when I think of, judge not. It's like, we don't really know that whole story. Like you look at, you can look at someone and like, well, she shouldn't be doing that. She's an able-bodied person that's parking there. And, but we don't know the whole story. So yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. I think this one's interesting too. When I was reading it, um, I, I kind of did pick up on that historical significance, you know, when you're talking about, um, the way that it kind of worked back then, the people, would say you know who needs to be judged and then literally take them to (laughs) to you know to be reckoned with right and what this is saying is you know you don't have that responsibility yeah it's not it's not yours to judge and then uh you know bring forgiveness to god you are the, the the forgiveness and then god you know is the one to judge ultimately right so i think looking back on that you know that that Changing your mindset is also important. We obviously judge on the little things, the things that people you know wear, maybe mm. the tattoos that they get, or yeah. the fact that they you know don't do parenting styles the same as we do. Oh, maybe yeah, uh, right, <laughs> right,
0: right, right. <laughs>
3: but yeah, to bring that um, you know even the big things of you know maybe you're judging someone that uh, you don't feel is Christian or shouldn't you know be yeah. welcomed in church, but that's not your place. You know that's um, forgiveness is really your place.
2: So yeah, a- a- and and that, that that's
0: that's a really really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and. I guess we get the the gift or the responsibility of the forgiveness instead of the judgment, and, and maybe that's a better maybe that's a better deal. But
1: and we live in a society everybody does, uh, and the societies have prescribed judgments. Exactly. Um, mm. Okay, these are just automatic. If you're this, that means they are blah blah blah. Yes. Uh, and judgment, and, and we do it in the political realm. Right. We do it in. Uh, accents and skin color. Right. We do it, you know, where someone lives in in any given community. Right. Um, What their background. I mean, it's just, it's just built in that there's going to be judgment. Right. Uh, Right. And to overcome that, uh, you know, to overcome it as a a society, ooh. That's a real challenge, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it won't happen unless people do it
0: individually. Exactly. You know, and you do make a good point. My life before working here at Desert Spring was I supervised the background check office for family services. Mm -hmm. So we completed background checks for any home that a child went into for the purpose of judging if that was going to be. (laughs) (laughs) And I always said, like, this is not the whole picture. Like, you know, so that that is a lot of our systems are set up. To judge and so that's that's hard to navigate especially for those of us who have not lived a perfect life so on from that pastor david says for me jesus words speak about the value of other people more than they speak about people's behavior when someone does something wrong me included it is good to be made aware of it but doing something wrong does not make a person somehow less important or valuable thinking of ourselves as better than others is the kind of problem jesus was addressing Remember, he asked us why we point out the speck in another person's eye as we have the log in our own. None of us are perfect, so don't judge others. This recognition that none of us are perfect is important when it comes to learning to forgive. So let's talk about forgiveness for a moment. Pastor David says, In my research, I learned that 76% of Christians say they offered unconditional forgiveness. So forgiveness is something most of us know a little about, the question is, and I'm going to start with you, Carol, is what does forgiveness look like? How do you understand what it means to forgive another person?
2: I was just thinking of the opposite of me asking for forgiveness. Oh, right. I had a situation with my brother, um, youngest brother. Uh, We talked on the phone for a few minutes and we got into the politics of the current situation Uh, and we are opposites in our beliefs. And so I called him a name that was very unbecoming to me as to him. So we hung up uh, kind of angrily and I thought, oh, my God, what what did I just do? God (laughs) help Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. So I called him back and I said, please forgive me. I'm so sorry for what I said um, and that helped. It helped lower the the whole atmosphere of our confrontation and it was a, a great feeling for me right. to know that he would forgive me and that I <laughs> had the strength and to actually call him and ask for that yeah. and what, all.
0: Yeah, which a lot of people cannot and will not do. So yeah, I, I applaud you for that because We all say something that, you know, we we would like to take back, but sometimes we don't always ask,
2: you know, for forgiveness. I'm not sure I would have done it with someone else, but my own brother, I felt the need to ease that because the tensions were there. Yeah. And um, and we just celebrated his 70th birthday recently, and we had a wonderful time, the three brothers and myself. Um, So things are good. That's good. (laughs) That
0: is good. So what about you, Pastor Lee? What do you say forgiveness looks like?
1: Both David and I know this author, uh, Frederick Beaker. Um, And uh, I want to share just a a brief paragraph. He says, To forgive somebody is to say one way or another, You have done something unspeakable. And by all rights, I should call it quits between us. Both my pride and my principles demand no less. However, although I make no guarantees that I will be able to forget what you've done, and though we may both carry the scars for life, I refuse to let it stand between us. I still want you for my friend. Forgiveness, of course, is all about relationships, um, broken relationships healed, and uh, if you're part of the faith, uh, you know that that's the whole understanding we have uh, with Jesus, not only having taught us how to live and talking about judgment and forgiveness, but coming to make sure that our sins, our, our wrongdoings, are not held against us in the judgment by God. And um, to forgive is divine, is an old saying, um, because surely um, it is not an easy thing to do in some circumstances. Mm-hmm. There are little things, of, uh, you know, easy to say, oh, I'm sorry I said that, or I'm sorry I did that, or to say, that's not a problem. It, you know, forget it, I, I, I understand. Uh, in other words, I forgive you. But then there are those things that just cut us to the core. Mm -hmm. And wow, those are very, very difficult things um, to forgive. Uh, I have one person in my life that I have had really, really tough, tough time trying to forgive. Mm -hmm. I don't know her. Um, I never knew her name. Uh, she was sort of a neighbor of mine when I lived in Vermont. But what she did was she went around the neighborhood and, and in this section of Vermont, it was just a small village. You know, houses weren't next to one another. They were dispersed here and there in the, the around the fields and the woods. And she went around taking people's dogs and taking them home because She knew the dogs were being mistreated in the homes that uh, they were from. And so she would take care of them. But in fact, what she did was she put them in a cage and eventually they all starved to death. Mm. Oh, wow. One of my dogs ended up that
0: way. Oh, wow.
1: Um, and, uh, And I've had really horrible things said and done to me. I've been able to forgive that. But this lady and my dog, you know, that's mm. been my, my real hurdle in forgiveness. And in, in, in really, you know, I, I've reached that point. But for a while, I wanted to find out where she was buried and take a sledgehammer to her tombstone.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. mm-hmm. I can but, understand that, yeah. Uh,
1: you know, um, but forgiveness is something, one, that we need and two, we need to do. Mm-hmm. we cannot live healthy lives mm-hmm. holding grudges uh, or living in that kind of fear.
0: Mm-hmm. And I agree when Pastor David talks about what does forgiveness look like? I th- I think and he had the visual uh, of the small rocks, the medium-sized rocks and mm-hmm. next week we get to talk about the boulders. And <laughs> I don't have a problem with the small rocks and I'm usually pretty good with the medium rocks. So, um but I think for 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 what it looks like is I think it's that grace that you know our whole being a Methodist is founded on is that grace and so I think when I think about that I think about having to extend that same grace that has been extended to me um, and what it means to forgive another person really is just it's just your this weight that you carry around and sometimes it's really for for things that are just so small you know mm-hmm. so those those things that yeah they hurt they 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 kind of take a dig, but those letting those go, I think I learned it a, I don't like conflict in the first place, so just carrying that away around is just a makes me actually physically ill to carry around mm-hmm. that kind of that I can't let go of. I get physically I th- sick. I
3: think there's a reason why you know forgiveness is being talked about in this sermon series of the yeah. you know uh, healthy living. Yes. So because of that, because yes. it can actually physically make you unwell.
0: Physically, right. exactly. And so it's so e- knowing that I carry that around and it it causes me to physically unwell. And I know that the person, usually when you forgive someone, whether they ask for it or not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I want to tell you about the street that we live on. Um, we live in Sun City, Summerlin, and we moved in there. Uh, now, admittedly, we we have this gorgeous handsome dog that everybody just is attracted to anyway and so he kind of started it all but we have one neighbor who lived there for 23 years and another who lived there 17 or 18 years they didn't know one another's names and the only thing they knew was to wave at them mm-hmm. maybe when they were coming out of their garage in their car or something yeah. so carol here who's the master at creating offbeat parties um, (laughs) really (laughs) she started doing this and we started inviting we'd we'd pass out invitations all through our neighborhood on our street and next thing you know most all of our street now we've had some people come and go but most all of our street know one another by name by face they interact we do things together yeah you know life is tough enough uh, to find real companionship, a loving relationship, yeah. and to to cheapen that by not being willing to forgive sometimes really stupid stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just, we can't afford that. We need one another. Yeah. And forgiveness is a way of saying, I want that relationship, yeah. that relationships are important to me more important than hurt feelings
0: yep and it's about i love that you say that it's forget it's about their relationship
3: pastor said it we need more parties yeah okay
0: that's what i heard that's my takeaway here chris you're right
2: well once we get rid of COVID. okay we're coming over we're ready <laughs> okay. you're yeah. both invited excellent
0: so um pastor david goes on to say When talking about forgiveness, it is important to remember that there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. I can forgive a person I believe has wronged me, even if the person won't own up to what was done, even if the person is no longer around. Forgiving involves one person, you. Reconciling with another person requires forgiveness and involves all people involved. So for instance, I forgave a man who undermined my ministry years ago. I released him from judgment he was owed. But the man never owned up to what he had done and was never interested in doing anything about our relationship. So while I forgave him, I was unable to reconcile. And he adds, at least for now. So he says, for many people, forgiveness is not easy. His question is, how about you? Is it easy or challenging to forgive? And if it is challenging, what gets in the way of being able to forgive? What helps you to be able to forgive? Well, let's start with you, Pastor Lee. Well,
1: I already shared uh, my uh, puppy story uh, and and the lady who who took him. Um, There are times when, uh, and and to put a corollary on this story, uh, she was uh, mentally ill Mm -hmm. and didn't really realize what she was doing. She believed she was helping. So, you know, having a chance to sit down with her and talk this through and and our feelings and and forgive her, that that couldn't happen because she couldn't be where, uh, you know, uh, life really was. Yeah. And uh, there are times, and over my years in, in pastoring, there are people who have come and finally reach the point, and, and boy, it's a process to reach a point where you can forgive, you can offer uh, forgiveness to someone. Um, and the person's not there. The person's dead, yes. the person's moved away, yeah. the person's now unknown. Um, forgiveness still needs to occur. And I, I've told people, you know, just... Talk to the dead person, you know, usually a family member, mm-hmm. and and tell them yeah. you forgive them or ask for their forgiveness, whichever direction it's going, um, because we need to say that we need to within ourselves say that if the other person still, you know, makes ugly faces and throws mm-hmm. nasty words back at us, mm-hmm. that becomes their problem. Right. It's no longer ours mm-hmm. uh, other than we should pray for them that they might come to, you know, a better place uh, mm-hmm. in, in life. But uh, it is it is a challenge, uh, but it can be done uh, no matter how horrid the thing that stands between you and and another person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a process to get there, a mm-hmm. process of heart, a process of head, a process of a lot of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it is something we should be seeking to do mm-hmm. to reach the point within ourselves that we're able to offer forgiveness or, accept it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I can imagine as a pastor, you have had to walk a lot of people through this forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Got horror stories galore, unfortunately. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> people that were never able to get to the place of forgiveness. Right. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Carol?
2: I think that the word challenging uh, hit me is to come up with the right wording to ask for forgiveness or to forgive someone. hmm to make it sound sincere mm-hmm. so this oh yeah sure mm. you do <laughs> you know yes whatever is a challenge to me um, sometimes I need to write out something I read it, read it back to myself making sure that that's what I want to say uh, an example was just this morning um, I have a cousin that has Parkinson's he lives in Pennsylvania and we just got to see him a couple months ago and he's hoping that he's a part of a program that's, I think, going to be offered in Pittsburgh uh, to help him with this Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. He's a real fighter and all. So I just sent a text message to his wife, and I said, I am so sorry for not contacting. You know, I feel embarrassed about this. Please forgive me for
3: mm-hmm.
2: not conscious. No worries. You know? yeah. yeah, And she texted back. So, I mean, that helped me feel, okay, we need to be kept in the loop. And the fact that he has Parkinson's makes it difficult to talk to him on the phone because it's uh, hard to understand Mm -hmm. what he's saying and everything. So that's my challenge about asking for forgiveness or forgiving someone is using the correct words and Mm -hmm. and having the sincerity in those words. Mm -hmm.
3: That's a great practice, though, writing it down, because I'm sure a lot of people, you know, in the moment might not, you know, have the words to say. So
2: I think that's why I like text messaging or yeah. <laughs> and emailing yeah. because you can, oops, no, I don't want to say that, and you <laughs> yeah. erase
0: Too true, true, get it straight. <laughs> yeah. And they can read it and reread it and also, you know, hold on to that also.
1: Right. And we, we've been, most everyone has grown up with some really bad examples.
0: Yeah yeah
1: tell your brother you're sorry Mm -hmm. oh I know (laughs) (laughs) I
0: know (laughs) yeah I don't like like that that's
1: sincere (laughs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) I think they've moved away from that parenting you know like yeah it's more about how do you think that that you made them feel right Mm -hmm. but that was a thing you know I have spent most of my life working with young people I find it a lot easier to forgive young people because I'm like, oh, their brains have not fully developed. (laughs) Like They're just, their impulse control, you know, section is not fully there. And so that's always been helpful for me is to look at like, oh, I can, it's easy for me to forgive because they don't have complete control over, I say complete. They have some control, but I think when you work with young people. And I have an easier, what do you, what? Well,
3: this was number three in the five tips on the sermon, right? Right. To, right. You know, try right. to understand the person so that you're not owning something that isn't yours. And so yeah. understanding that these young people might, you know, be where they are. Right. Developmentally. Right. You're easier to forgive them. Because Ex- of
0: that. Exactly. Like you can forgive. Not that long ago, I had a conversation with my adult son who's 24. And he was like, you know, mom, you never had a problem forgiving. Like what, you know. When they told me the truth, what I had a problem with is the not the not sharing. they like we could they could bring anything, and they you know he brought me some stuff. <laughs> it's like okay, I can forgive that. Like you're you're still working that out. But um, what what is the challenge for me when it says the challenge is coming with half truths or not full truth? It's hard to forgive something when you're not getting the whole picture. If you're truly coming for forgiveness, you have to also in you know this is my judgment part. Then you need to bring all of it to the table so you know we can I can get to a place of forgiveness and understand everything I'm forgiving. And likewise for myself, I need to be, be willing to, to lay it all on the table. And so
3: I'm pretty easy to forgive, but I do have to have like a little gestation period where I Same. <laughs> where I kinda get over it.
0: Same. <laughs> exactly. I like over like it's just way too much. Like yeah. it lives in my head for a little like right. a lot. And then when it's gone, I actually forget why I yeah. was even. I cannot even remember. Like I remember there was something, but I don't know what that was. So.
3: Have you ever had that where you're with somebody and you've already forgiven but forgotten, and then totally. they kind of remember? They're like, "Well, you know, are we are we okay?"
0: I have had it <laughs> oh, many, yeah, many, many times, and it's been a thing. Uh, my first husband would always be so mad. He's like, "I can't believe you forgave them," you know. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I don't know. I I moved on, but
1: and just picking up on that phrase. Uh, how I, I, how do people react uh, inside when they see somebody whose child was killed by a drunk driver uh, or yeah. or worse, was murdered? Yeah. Uh, and the parent is there publicly saying, you know, and, and I believe genuinely uh, uh, I or we forgive him. I know. Right. You know, it
2: gets me like, every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how can they
1: do that yeah (laughs) yeah exactly because that part of us inside uh, you know wants to hold on wants to get even wants to be angry Mm -hmm. um with someone who does some heinous thing um yeah and it 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 is one of those ways where whoops uh, comes to us because we say oh yeah i couldn't do that i'm Mm -hmm. not willing to forgive Mm -hmm. and um, there are parts of us who, that never let go. Yes. Um, and so, um, I'm looking forward to the boulder part. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Not that's B O U L D. Right. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, I'm afraid of that. I'm scared about yeah. that one. Cause I'm like, Oh, I got, I got some boulders. So like, do we have to talk about the boulders? I can talk about the pebbles. I can talk about yeah. the rocks. And, yeah.
1: J- just to go back to what you said, Chris, number three, um, When my girls were teenagers uh, and and college kids, they would often, um, we would be having a discussion, as we frequently did, they would say, you know, Dad, we hated you. (laughs) (laughs) You We hated you because... We'd come home with a problem of what some kid did to us, or, you know, this is elementary, junior, whatever, said to us and and everything. And all you ever would say is, well, why do you think they were behaving that
0: way? (laughs) I did that to my kids all the time, too. Uh, (laughs) My kids
1: hated it for it. But uh, I can tell you, as they grew more into adulthood, uh, both of them have, in their own ways, said to me, You know, dad, that's a guiding principle in my life now. Absolutely. You know, uh, I I don't want to be first acting in anger and resentment. I want to understand and and try to help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think also it's, you know, for me, I have a much easier time forgiving someone that hurt me. And someone that hurts someone I love, like I—that's—I have a difficult time letting go of those. Like if you, okay, you—you you mess with me, that's not cool. But wait a minute, do not mess
2: with my baby.
3: It's the mama, or, uh, it's the mama bear in you, or,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah right. Exactly. I have
2: a—I have a daughter. Uh, my son, I had a son as well, but my daughter, um, as a young person was very obstinate in her behaviors. I mean, I can do it myself, mom. I don't care if she was six months old or three mm-hmm. years old. I mm-hmm. can do it myself. So there was a point in time where I just had had it. And I came from a family that spanking was allowed mm-hmm. and was probably more done more often than it should have been. Mm-hmm. But I grabbed her and I was starting to really hit her. And I thought, oh, no, don't ever make me that angry again. Mm-hmm. Please forgive me for what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Cause I felt so bad about mm-hmm. what I planned on doing because I was so angry with her. Yeah. So um, and now we are the best of friends. Oh, wow. I mean, because I always said, as a child, she had problems because she didn't want to listen to anybody. Mm-hmm. She was the only child in the school. She attended elementary that was spanked.
0: Yes, <laughs> yeah.
2: Back in the day when that was allowed. That was the for sure. And, uh, but at this point in time, uh, we we're just, we we're <laughs> it's the best of friends. That's wonderful. And I think some of that was because of, how she noticed that I <laughs> needed to be asked for her forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. what I was about to do. So. Yeah,
0: you modeled that, and that helps kids to be able to be modeled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My right. my great niece is almost two, and this cracks me up. She'll be mad about something, or and until she get, she'll say, I, I need a minute. <laughs> I need a minute. I'm like, That's good. She needs a minute to pull herself together. I need a minute. So we all took a minute, right? Count to ten, right? (laughs) Need a minute. Well, um, Pastor David goes on to say it can be helpful to think of forgiveness as a spiritual practice. While it is not an easy spiritual practice, but the more often we forgive, the easier it gets. And what do you think about this?
1: My sister-in-law. Uh, we were on a family event, and we went to this place called The Plunge. And it was about three stories high where there was a water slide down into a pool that couldn't have been more than four feet deep. And we all talked her into going up, and uh, she got to the point where she was ready to go down the slide, which you did by going down head first, you know, belly, yeah. belly down and she froze she could not do anything and meanwhile there was a gang all piling up on the stairs waiting for their turn and everything and she was catholic she's crossing herself she's clearly praying she's doing everything she can you know and and finally the crowd developed this chant of you know they they found out her name and go, Connie, go, Connie, you know, and she finally let loose and went down, screaming the whole way down. And then we couldn't keep her off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was so much fun. Uh, When we do forgive, it does get easier because we we discover that we don't destroy our our own Mm self-image. We don't say, uh, you dummy, you fool, you, Mm -hmm. you, you know, and, and call ourselves names for forgiving in a sense, letting someone get away with something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and we discover that there is a real benefit inside, outside and in the relationship to doing it. Doesn't always work, um, to offer forgiveness, like that reconciliation part, But we discover, whoa, I did that. It felt good because we see what happens. We feel and hear what happens Mm -hmm. in the life of the person we're forgiving. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's enough to say, I'm glad I did that Mm -hmm. and I'll do it again.
0: And also, I think a lot of times we have to pray for a while before we can get to that place of forgiveness. So it is a time of turning to God, right? (laughs) Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what do you think, Carol?
2: I I agree. Uh, asking for forgiveness. I I never think about that because I don't think that's important. Mm-hmm. That I've asked them to, you know, for forgiveness oh. or for them to, for me to forgive them for something they've done. Yeah. I always... I felt I should be the one forgiving, <laughs> not asking for them. Interesting. And also, uh, again, I think it's the words. It's just coming up with the right words and being sincere in your feelings.
1: Yeah. And we've kind of left out that dimension uh, of forgiveness, of, of seeking forgiveness mm-hmm. and being willing to accept the forgiveness that someone else offers us
0: or mm-hmm. well, even yeah. forgiving ourselves right yeah <laughs> right. right
2: right yeah Yeah.
3: exactly exactly and that kind of speaks to the reconciliation process right if you're asking for forgiveness then you're hoping that the other person is ready for that as well so that you can reconcile and you're reconciling
1: to yourself exactly
0: hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm not that long ago during COVID, I, I was cleaning out. I mean, I did clean out a closet. That's about all I got done <laughs> it was a closet. <laughs> but it was like all these papers and letters and things that I had held on to. And one of them was a letter I'd written my um, kid's dad shortly after. I don't even think the divorce was final. And I really could not believe the grace I had in forgiving him. Like, man, I can't believe I got there with that because I don't. But I remember um, I remembered when I read it, I was like the release that that gave me and the ability to just move on. Like, okay, my whole life got turned upside down. This is hard. But when I was able to get to that place of not even that he'd asked for it, just like, I forgive you. And I thank you for the gift of my children and, and the gifts in it. It really did turn things around for me, my health physically, spiritually, and, um, I guess that's why I had held on to that. I had had a copy of that letter and I thought about the spiritual during a time when you are going through a trauma like that and divorce is a kind of one of those traumas. It's a time that you, for me, you, you turn to God more than, than you would. And I think that guidance, I think that I must've been led by God at that time. And so I think, um, that is a spiritual practice, that is a spiritual practice. And especially there's some people, forgive or not forgive, they're not going away. They're gonna be a part of your life. And um, so to pray for God to help you with that, I think is is a real gift too. All
1: right, Yeah, because you imagine being in a workplace where you're you're wronged by a a fellow worker Mm -hmm. and you got to be with that person every day Mm -hmm. for who knows Mm -hmm. how many years. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think we've all been there. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Forgiveness becomes a real key to just staying alive and healthy.
0: Yeah. I think that's why we teach on it so much. It's a, it's a big topic at camp and youth group and all of that also. Sure. So, all right, as he finishes out, he says, often when forgiving another person, we think about how the impact our action might have had on the person we are forgiving, but forgiveness impacts the forgiver as well. And so his question is, how has forgiveness impacted your life? So, okay, I'm going to start. I um, taught a lesson during COVID on forgiveness, and it's never too late to ask for forgiveness. And the kids, as, as youth do, well, is there anyone that you, you know, didn't ask for forgiveness? I'm like, yeah, there is. And I feel like a real jerk. And it's like, I was 16, broke up with this boy, whatever it was. I, I didn't know what to do. So I took all of his stuff into his work. He was a bagger at a grocery store. What a jerk, right? And it's just like, here's your <laughs> stuff. And it, it all those years, like whatever, 30 years, no more. Well, a lot of years. It had I had carried it with me. And it was just like a dumb thing to do. It was a hurtful thing. I hurt him. And so I did, I reached out and I'm like, I really, you you probably, I don't know if you, he did not even remember it, but that release all those years later, I think it's never too late. And it seems like a little thing, but it, it was kind of a big thing. It was one of those things that I carried all this. I'm like, what a jerk. Like, why did I do that? I, I didn't intend to hurt him. I just did not know what to do. Um, but all those years later, I could say, I'm really sorry about that. And he's like, I actually don't remember that. (laughs) I'm I'm glad I've been carrying this burden around and you don't even remember me doing that. So, um, But that was, it was freeing for me, even something, something like that. So.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely, you know, weight off your shoulders and. Yeah. All of those analogies. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you ever gone to your high school reunions and people are like, I'm sorry about that thing. And again, you're like, "Ah, okay.
3: (laughs) You know, I actually have some friendships that kind of bore out of forgiveness out of high school. Really? Um, Yeah. A couple of people after high school had gotten back, you know, in touch uh, via social media and had apologized and asked, you know, wow. in, in not as many words for forgiveness, but um, yeah. specifically um, she had gone to multiple people who she think she had wronged during high school. And, you know, now we are, uh, we're friends. We talk, she, you know, really? we, yeah, we converse about things. She's, you know, she is a Christian. Um, she, she works up at not uh, Potosi, but different camps and stuff. So really? I'm sure it was throughout her, you know, spiritual walk and, and, uh, but, yeah, it was kind of out of the blue, but it did, you know, and I was, I was that person. Oh, I didn't even remember that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Good for her. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. for her that's practicing that. Yeah, and good for you. Well, what about you, Carol?
2: Well, I have a friend that has been a member of AA for years, and when i visit her, she said, well, you would you like to go to a meeting with me? And I said, sure. And after sitting there and listening to the people, they were getting up and saying, you know, who they were, and then I'm an alcoholic or whatever, and uh, just their pouring out of their feelings in, in a very safe place. And I thought, my gosh, we all need AA meetings, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> because I felt yeah. I felt good about being there, uh-huh. even though I didn't have the problem. But we all have problems of certain, of yes. certain levels, and it could be. Forgiveness is one of those problems we can't quite bring ourselves to ask for or to do the forgiving. And, uh, but AA helps, so. I, yeah, I think that is kind of a spiritual process mm-hmm. they go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yes, do. Yes, and they have to go back and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. You know, what, whoever they wronged yep. during that period of time, they, they were not sober. Yeah. All. And I thought, I've, I've always enjoyed going to those meetings yeah. with her, so.
0: That's interesting, yes. yeah, and healing. Yeah, yes, that's really true. it really
2: true. was. And you
1: brought up, uh, when I'm listening to your high school experiences, you guys made one come to mind. Um, this was, We had a large Sunday school when I was a kid. And they, mm. We were oh, probably junior high or early high school, and uh, I was supposed to have chosen a passage of Scripture to read in the classroom, and uh, in, in my Sunday school class, and of course, I didn't. So <laughs> I got in there, and so my friend, uh, and I thought he was my friend, Alan says, Read Matthew, the first chapter. Okay. No, if you knew your Bible, you He's would looking know, at us to see if we would, know, right, Chris? You, <laughs> would, you would know the joke <laughs> He's giving that. us the eye.
0: <laughs> and, uh, the know. pastor eye. What, go ahead and the read that for pastor has a Bible us. right now. A little refresher yeah, right now. <laughs>
1: okay. An account of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham, abraham was the father of isaac isaac was the father of jacob jacob was and on <laughs> and on and on, and on it goes excellent you, know? you know then it gets into names that
0: uh, we can't pronounce
1: only a biblical right. scholar could pronounce um, yep. you know and so i made a total fool of myself uh-huh. in front of them and so i really resented his name was alan And uh, so then we we came to a uh, high school reunion and Alan had never been to one uh, for our class and uh, I'd been to all of them. So he came and he uh, came over and uh, wanted to introduce his wife to me Um, and so... He he does, and he says this is Lee, and blah blah blah. He says he was my best buddy in 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 high school, and in in Sunday school, we went to Sunday school together. We were good friends, and on. <laughs> and I'm going, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> I hated your guts. <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, you know, I had like like I had carried it. Yeah. But he he never in any way saw that as something that um, hurt me at the time. Right. But still considered me one of his yeah. good christian friends mm-hmm. and
0: know. you and you make a good point because he did not even know maybe right. if you had told him hey
1: yeah
0: you know he might I, have asked I didn't, for forgiveness i
1: was too embarrassed to do anything yeah <laughs> yeah but
0: uh, yeah so. yeah and you make a good point i think I, i've a lot of times and I've gr- i've grown out of this m- not all the way but sometimes i feel like well if i had to tell them like they should just know that what they did was wrong and they should, they should be, you know, like, if I have to tell you that that wasn't, that that hurt me then, but yeah, actually sometimes we do.
3: This is why I think the released, the judgment they are owed is one of the most important parts because yes. it, it isn't about, you know, obviously it's about the situation in which you feel wronged, but right. it, they they probably, you know, don't carry it the same way that you will. So yes. releasing it is really more about, you know, you than it is about them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I agree. It's not saying that yeah, they are owed that judgment, but just not by us, right. right? So, yeah. I I agree with that. And I think having um earlier this year walked beside my stepdad as he was passing. I think that the what feel felt like the most important thing to him was making sure he had peace with everyone, that there you know, if he owed someone an apology. And I have a good friend here, Laura, whose dad died, and it was the same thing um you know, when he died, it was important for him to apologize or make things right. Like when it comes to the end of your life, that's important to... to.
3: Don't wait till the end.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. So um, Pastor David says, Jesus taught us about the importance of forgiving other people. It's not always easy, but it is good. Of course, next week, episode 14 will be about the giant boulders. So
1: Tune in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the things that we struggle to even think about, you know, wanting to forgive that person to uh-huh. reconciling with that person. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. most of us have had those kind of experiences as well. Yeah. So um uh, Next it should be good. Week, next week's podcast ought to be a interesting follow
0: up. Yeah, hidden up the boulders. So <laughs> okay. Well, Pastor, thank you both of you for being here. Um, was really a pleasure, and I've actually gotten to spend more time with you, Carol, and I really enjoy that. And we just appreciate the blessing that you both are um, to the church. And so hopefully we'll see you back soon, right, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Sounds like fun. All right. And with that, would you like to close us in prayer? All right.
1: Jesus, you've taught us so many things that are so tough to incorporate into our lives. And forgiveness is one of those ones that um, is really tough. We love our grudges and uh, we ask your forgiveness for nursing them so well when we should be out there forgiving and seeking forgiveness. Remind us that not only uh, should we forgive, but we have done those things. We've said things. We've, our actions have been ones that have hurt others, sometimes knowingly and on purpose, sometimes unaware. Not only should we be forgiving, but we should also be seeking forgiveness. We seek forgiveness from you And thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your willingness to offer yourselves in our behalf. And pray that we shall incorporate, we shall build within, we shall bring alive in us that same willingness to say, Father, forgive them for they didn't know what they did. Be with us in our journey and touch us with the challenge, the challenge to forgive and accept forgiveness from others. We pray in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. And thank you. I I just have to tell you, I send a group text to to Pastor Lee and Carol and, hey, would you guys like to be on the podcast? And she immediately answered yes. And he called up and said, what has my wife gotten me into? (laughs) 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 So... Thank you so much for that. And uh, for those of you listening at home, uh, we would love to hear your comments and questions. And if you would like to be a guest, um, give us a shout out. We would like to include you as well. And thank you, Chris, uh, for your technical expertise. You really got this nailed down. All right. Episode 13. All right. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week for the Big Boulders. All right.